Colleague Box is a Derby-based gifting service that offers customizable, personalized gifts. Delivering nationwide, the gift boxes are ideal for companies to send to colleagues, prospects, suppliers, or clients, or for individuals to send to friends or family. Choose from our collection, or we can create a bespoke box based on your budget, brand, colors, and logos. Colleague Box, connect with colleagues wherever they are. So welcome on to, to Talk Derby to me, Seth Johnson. I've a really good reaction. Like I'm sure you appreciate how much Derby fans think of you. So it, people are excited for this one. So how are you and, and how are you coping during the, the difficult times at the minute? Yeah, I'm great. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, I haven't done too much since I packed in playing football. So the lockdown wasn't wasn't too bad for me personally. Um, a bit more drinking than usual. But um, yeah, I've, I found it okay. I think last year was... It was a bit easier, wasn't it, with the well, the first lockdown with the weather and that. This year's been, uh, you know, it's been a bit hard, not being able to do much. Um, but the golf starting back up yesterday's has uh, definitely helped. What is life for you now? Are you involved in the game still? Are you doing anything in the game? No, no, I still do. I've got a, uh, a bit of property stuff with Stevie Howard, um, but no, I never, I never got back into football at all. Once I packed in, I was just. I didn't really fancy it, the coaching side and all the rest of it. It just wasn't for me, even though, you know, maybe what I should have done is done my badges whilst I was still playing. But, you know, once you come out of the game and then you, you know, you, you leave it for a year or two, then it's, I didn't really have the, you know, enthusiasm or, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't fancy getting back in, even though, you know, I love football and love watching football, but it just wasn't, uh, just wasn't for me, really. Any, any aspirations to get back in at, at any point, do you think? Or is it property and no, other stuff now? No, <laughs> definitely not. No. Jesus, I'm, I've been packed in. How long has it been now? It'll be 14 years it, this year, 14 years, yeah. So it's been a it's been a while. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with not being involved with footy. Yeah. Where did it all start? We always start when we when we do this podcast right from the very beginning. So how did you first get involved in football? Yeah. What was your big break? And, and how did you first get on that ladder? Yeah, well, football, I've always always played you know even from from you know the early state I can just remember always been playing football wherever I was um you know I wasn't from a footballing family my brother loved football but never played it never played with a team my older brother you know my my dad was more into um like rugby and cricket and things like that not and my mum didn't know anything about football so it was just with mates and that really um just played for a local team down in Devon called Dawlish Generals. Played with them for a few years and then got uh, picked up by a crew. Um, moved on there and moved up there and that was how it all, all started, really. Is it more difficult? Because I lived in, down in Cornwall for a year. So the, the good lad down there, there's only like one academy or whatever. Is it more difficult being from an area like Dawlish and Devon? I know where Dawlish is, so yeah, not many pro clubs around. Is it, is it more difficult down there, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Back then, it was, it was yeah. Um, you know, I've been playing on the... Well, I think I started playing probably from like 10, 11 in teams and stuff. And it wasn't until I, I was like 14 or under 14 
that I got spotted by Exeter when I've been playing in their leagues and um, we alternate each year Tor Bay League and then the Exeter League so yeah I never got approached by any I even went for trials with like uh, Devon and South Devon well I, think I, got, I didn't even get in with Devon or that but by then I was already with crew so um, I played my last ever game for Dawlish when I was 13, 14 um, on Exeter's pitch in a cup final and that was the only time that Exeter approached me so that was when Alan Ball was the manager so but by then it was too late I'd already been at crew for two or three years so what, what was it about crew at that time because yeah, the, the amazing players come through and, and, and a really good academy and Darryl Grady kept bringing those players through what was it about the what about him and the academy that kept churning these players up yeah I think it was just there was lots lots of factors it was just um, like with with the training and the coach you know Dario would coach the you know, under 12s, under 14s, he'd have a, he'd take a team on a on a Saturday. If crew were playing a first team game on, say, a Tuesday night at home, there's the Astro Turf right next to the pitch. He'll be out coaching till, you know, seven half seven, and then go out and sort of, you know, give his team talk to the first team, and they'll go out and play. So it was, it, he was very hands on. Steve Holland was, and he had good staff there. Yeah, good coaches, Neil Baker, Steve Holland. Um, you know, they they were obviously Steve Holland's gone on to, you know, his yeah. Gareth Southgate's you know, right-hand man. So, you know, they had good stuff there. And it was just the style of play. It wasn't always a... It was a... Like, no pressure, really. You know, you just go and play and enjoy your football, play properly, you know, work hard, improve. That, that you know, they, the improvement is what they always look for. You know, they they didn't want... They wasn't... You know, if you're a big lad or you're strong, it was just how you were technically and your attitude and things like that. Because I was certainly not up to standard technically wise when I, you know, when I first started there and even through the years I wasn't up to the level of some of the guys but you know I had a I had different strength you know I was a good athlete and I was aggressive and had a good attitude and things like that so that was what was you know the fundamentals of my game really How old were you when you first broke into the first team at it? I was 17 but my, my debut uh, played away at Millwall um, I come on for Robbie Savage, actually. Robbie Savage was the, who I come on for. Um, and then I played against Plymouth the, the following week, I think. Come on for a bit longer. And I was just a bit lost. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know where I needed to be on the pitch. And then Dario took me out. He, he took me onto the pitch and hammered me, basically. Just, just you know, abused the way I played. Like I was just, I just looked lost. I was, didn't know what I was doing. Just running around and um, so he took me out of the team for a bit. For I went back in the reserves for I can't remember now for a good few months, and then I think it was around Easter time. I just turned 18, or must have been around 18, and we played away at Stockport. And I come on at half time because we were getting beaten. I played left back, and then we, that was on the. In fact, it was around Easter. It was Easter time, so I think we played on the the Good Friday. And then we, I think we were on Sky on the. On the Monday, I think the Bank Holiday Monday or the Easter Monday, whatever, and we played Preston at home, and I started that game as my first start. It was on Sky, so that was that was great. Yeah, just turned eight, and then we got promoted that year. So then the next season, sold Danny Murphy, Sav went, uh, quite a few of the players went, and you know they give people like me and Kenny Lunt who come through the youth scheme with me, me and him played in midfield. So that was it. Then and I played for for two seasons before my my move to Derby. Do you think your your strengths that you mentioned, your character and and how you are, like mindset wise, and 
some players may have been broken and took it the wrong way when Dario Grady takes him out and gives him a bollocking after that like, your first start or whatever. Do you think that your yeah. character helped you? Yeah, I think so. I think that was, you know, Dario was very uh, uh, ruthless. He was strict. He was, you know, he demanded high standards in training, didn't like messing around. He didn't like joking about, you know, if you hit a shot over the bar, you have to go and be ball boy until someone else, you know, messes a shot up and, and they, they take over kind of thing. So he was, he was very, very strict, but it was good. And I've seen a lot of players crumble, especially when we were younger. If they knew, if Dario was there watching, some lads who would normally be, who would, you know, be good players and perform normally in match days, if Dario was there, they'd, they'd literally just fall apart. And that, that happened to a lot of the players, to be fair. Um, but, I, you know, once, once I'm involved in the game, then you don't really think about who's there and what's, you know, you just, you know, you just into the game, so that's that's how I was with it. How did the the move to Derby come about then? What was the, the first you heard about it, and how much say did you have? Because nowadays, the more modern time footballers we have on, they seem to have more yeah. of a say in, in transfers and stuff than they did for like twenty years ago, twenty five years ago. How much did, were you involved, and yeah. how did it come about? I I was involved a lot because back then it was the old. Uh, I come probably March time. It wasn't like the January transfer window yeah. and all that. It was, I think it was March, towards the end of March, where that's when your last transfer could be for that season. So I was away with England. I've said this, I've told this story a few times, but I was away with England under 21, standing in Bournemouth. Uh, we had a game against Poland at Southampton. And it was transfer deadline day, I think, or day before. It was around that time anyway. And Dario come down to the hotel and just said, listen, we've accepted a a bid from Derby, you're free to go and speak to them. Um, Derby, were, we were rooted at the bottom of, uh, what would it have been then, Division 1, the Championship now, so what, I don't know what it was, it might have been League 1, I can't remember what it was, Division 1 maybe. Yeah, division uh, so we were rooted yeah. at the bottom of the league, yeah, so I was, I didn't want to, I knew they had to sell me, I knew I'd be moving on because they, they needed money to uh, pay for the stand that they had built, so that someone had to move and, you know, I'd, unless I got injured or something, I knew it was going to be me, I'd been told. But I just wasn't comfortable about leaving at that time. I just wanted to wait till the end of the season to see how we got on. I wanted to obviously try and try and help the crew stay up. And then in the summer, then if Derby was still interested, then we can go from there. So that's that's what happened. And, you know, we had a strong finish to the season, crew ended up staying up and, and pretty much, I think it was like the day or, day or two after the season finished, it was like Dario... Dario actually drew me, drove me to Derby. So I hadn't even passed my test by then. I was 20. I'd not passed my test. Didn't have a car, obviously. So he drove me to Derby. Um, but he said that Liverpool were, it wanted to speak to me as well. So I said, I'll go and speak to Derby. Spoke to Jim Smith. Um, just me and him. My agent wasn't there or nothing. And uh, he told me my contract, how much I'll be earning. Uh, just everything. And, and he, he, was, he had like some players on his on his ta- like on his. Uh, some paper on a list and I just remember one was Boban remember Boban yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and geez, obviously didn't sign him but I was like wow because they had some unbelievable players that used to like just pull diamonds from Europe and all that didn't he all the time so it's just like wow I, was, I, was, I can't remember who else was on there but there was, some, there was some big names on there so I didn't know if you put that there on purpose just to sort of show me kind of thing or or what but it, it definitely impressed me anyway but um, it wasn't to me but so I just like, I thanked him and you know, I like I like Jim instantly. You know, I, you know, he's just 
I don't think anyone's ever had a bad word to say about him. So anyone who meets him just knows just how infectious he is and just everyone loved him. So I went back there and then I got a phone call. Uh, God, it must have been about one o'clock in the morning on my home phone in crew and it was Gerald Houllier. So I spoke to him um, and he said, come up and speak to us. And I didn't really have any intention of signing for Liverpool because Danny Murphy had come back to crew that season on loan. Um, and he hadn't really played at Liverpool and Julio, you know, at that point, you know, he wasn't, wasn't, couldn't have been that key and he wasn't playing him and all that. So I was thinking, I'm just going to go there and not play. So I went up and spoke, spoke to him. I just, you know, it's Liverpool at the end of the day. So I went up and spoke to him and, you know, I was really impressed with what he had to say. And he said that I'll be, I'll play at least 15 games that season. Um, he wanted me to play either wing back or in midfield. So, I went down to Devon for uh, a few days over the weekend to think about it. And then I just, you know, weighed up the pros and the cons of both. And ultimately it was playing the games, which was, which was a deciding factor. So Jim was made it quite clear that I'd be, you know, quite a big part of the, part of the first team. Um, you know, I'd been a record signing at that time. So it was, it was a, a decision I, you know, I've never regretted, and it was a, a great decision for me. I loved it at Derby. I was just about to, that was, that was my next question was, do you regret that decision, or do you ever look back and think, what if, what if I have signed for Liverpool and broke in, and do you, do you ever look back? No, nah, not really. People have said that to me, but I don't, I don't really look at things. I don't really have regrets about things like that. The only regrets I have about the amount of injuries and stuff I had, but <laughs> at the time, it was, a, it was a win-win either way. I'm, you know, I'll be signing for Liverpool, or I'll be signing for Derby in the Premier League and playing week in, week out, which is what happened. So, um, you know, it was just a massive move and it was just, it was great for, you know, for coming from such a small club like Crew to going to such a big club like Derby. Um, I only knew one or two lads at Crew who were Derby fans from the Derby area. So, you know, they, they, they spoke to me, um, obviously about the club and stuff. So, Yes, and when I when when I did come and sign all that, it was it was great. You know, the, the ground and everything was still brand new then, so it was uh, yeah, it was superb. I was going to say, what's your first impression when you when you walk into to Derby? Obviously, the ground it's a, it's just kind of a no disrespect crew, but like a bigger ground. Yeah, well, the first time I went to gym was at the training grounds, and I wasn't very impressed with that. Crew's training ground was better than Derby's at the time, so <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a uh, well, a bit of a shit hole really with the, the uh, dressing rooms and like. Yeah, it was it was pretty minging, but um, yeah, the ground when when I did the sign or the rest of it, the, the press conference and stuff, yeah, at the ground. And but I'd already played there. I played there for uh, the under twenty ones against France when I was still at Crew. So uh, played in that game, and that was like a full out as well. So you know that was when like the under twenty ones used to sell out all over the country. That so it was brilliant. Yeah, so to play there already in the full out, especially when I've been at Crew where. You know, our average attendance was probably about 6,000 or something like that. So, I'd obviously played at bigger grounds, away games. But, you know, to, to play at Derby, you know, that young guy had been about 19 then. was, uh, yeah, it's pretty special. Did you have a look around the changing room and some of the names that were there at the time and think, wow, there's a, there's, a, there's a few lads here that can that can play? You know, I've always been a football nut, so I knew, knew that. And I've always, you know, I'd watched the games on Sky and all the rest of it. And But it was one of the only teams... Uh, like in the Premier League from playing the under-21s I didn't know anyone you know there wasn't normally they'd have a player you played under-21s with and things like that so when I first went there literally it was just 
the mix of players was just ridiculous. You know, like 17-year-old Adam Murray to like 35-year-old Iranio and Tony Dorigo and people like that and Italians, Argentinians, Stone, you know, it was just... And then you'd have like Pauli, Dean Sturridge, you know, Steve Ellett, local lad. It was just the, the mix, Roy Delap. So it was just... It was mental, yeah, it was great. But we had a few different change rooms then. Really? So the young, the young lads were in the one side. So like Chris Riggett, Rory, Stevie Elliott, uh, the young lads, Murray, Richard Jackson and Paul Bertie, they'd all be in that side. And then in the other side, it'd be, you know, all the, all the big hitters, basically, you know, Bayano, Aranio, Carbonari, obviously Pauli, and then Craig Burley come and uh, King Cladzi, Ravinelli, you know, it was just, yeah, it was just ridiculous, yeah. We've got Adam Rio West, Jesus. Wow. He's about 47 <laughs> when he signed money. <laughs> yeah, he was 47 every year he was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, uh, his birthday went down every year. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah, he's an oddball he was, Jesus Christ. Was he? Uh, well, he's just the most random man I've ever met in my life, yeah. He's, he's mental. Yeah, he was he was weird. Just used to just used to come in. Morning, Jimmy, and all that. You just to the gaffer and that. And everyone was like, Jesus. You just didn't give a shit about anything. And you'd go on the bus just shouting and singing and going on about God and all the rest of it. And yeah. He once did a team talk actually where we played Fulham in the cup. And he asked he asked the manager if he could take the team talk, but he wanted to do like a prayer. So he got us all in a circle. And I was next to Jim and he's he's like like pulling me and like laughing like during it. Everyone's got their head down and eyes closed, and he's like praise the Lord, hallelujah, all this kind of thing. And <laughs> and Jim, Jim was like laughing. He's like, just literally just before the bell went for us to go out, but we lost anyway. So it, it didn't work. But yeah, oh, that, was, that was one of the most random things ever, that was. Amazing. You mentioned Adam Murray. We do with Adam Murray in a, in a couple of hours. He, um, he met, yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I spoke to him uh, I spoke to him last night. I said, we've got Seth on. He, he, oh, he, yeah. I, I thought he was going to give you a bit of banter. He's just an absolute legend. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Yeah, God. Well, I was quite young I was 20 I think I was when I signed for Derby so I remember we went away to to uh, I think I signed or the pre-season we went back a lot the start of July and then we went to America pretty much straight away after like a week or something a week's training we went away to America to play a couple of games but the younger lads obviously below, under 21 weren't allowed to go out so like me Adam and uh, I think Steve Elliott wasn't allowed out it was a couple of us but I was rooming with Roy Delap and he, he was allowed out he was a couple of years older than me. So he, he went out, come in like levered, just falling all over the place and all that. But that was in Chicago. We went like, but then we went to Denver and we uh, we went to this nightclub. But we had to make out to the, like the guys on the door were in on it, letting us in, but we had to make out to the security that we had ID and all that. So we were like taking our passports out and just showing them. I was like 20, like all the younger lads were just, we all just bagged it and got in. So yeah, it was mental. Yeah, it's good. Was it a good change room at that time? Because it, it, for some of your time at Derby, it was obviously a difficult time on the pitch. Like they struggled in obviously relegation after you yeah. gone, but later on. Yeah, yeah. Was it a good? Was it a good changing room? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was something I'd never experienced before. You know, just especially all the, the amount of foreign lads, and you walk in, they'd all be talking different languages and stuff. It'd just be, you know. But you just try and muck in. I, I remember Stefan Schnorr. Well, I can't remember now. But he used to teach me all like. German swear words and all that. So I'd like give him a bit of that during training. Franco Stupor, he was brilliant. He, his English weren't the best, but he used, he used to like want to muck in with all the English lads and he liked learning all the swear words and that. He, he was he was good banter, he was. 
Um, so yeah, that no, was good. That the uh, you know the struggles on the pitch, you know, especially in the second season. Yeah, towards the end of the second season, then when uh, my last when I played, stayed for a couple of months in the last the last year when Colin Todd was charged in charge, that wasn't that wasn't all that. But the the dressing room's still good. You know, people like Ravinelli and you know the older experienced players were were great. We, we had a good mix there. You know, we had a good mix of young lads and older lads and. You know, the the older lads were good in terms of, you know, I'm not sure if the younger lads quite like Craig Burley and people like that, but I liked him. You know, he, he was quite harsh on the younger lads, but I didn't, I didn't mind that. Do you think, it might be a difficult question to answer, but do you think there was anything different at that time that the club, the club could have done to, to stay in the Premier League? Um, obviously, they'd had, they'd had good seasons, but then at that time, it just yeah. fell off the edge of a cliff, basically. Yeah, it was... It was uh... It was a struggle, struggle. Couple, a couple of seasons I was there. Yeah, we were fighting relegation both times. Still, I think we, the, the year I signed, you know, I think they brought me in to replace Lee Carsley. Um, but he'd just gone to, did he go to Coventry? I think he went to Coventry, didn't he? Yeah, to Coventry, yeah. So then they wanted me to come in for that. But then that's when I did sign that summer, Paolo left and Igor Stimat left. So two, you know, Real big influential players for the club. And they they didn't really replace them. They they tried. They got um, oh, what's his name? Esteban Fuentes. Do you remember him? Yeah, the passport yeah, did he? Yeah, they got him in and then he just vanished. We didn't see him. Again. I think we went on a trip to Portugal. Never saw him again. So that was like just, that was just crazy. Yeah, and I just didn't think we replaced the lads that they that had been there previous. You know, so. Yeah. And we tried to meet him, Esteban. He was he was he, he was there for a, a bit. I think he scored. He definitely scored one goal, I think, maybe against Everton or something. He played a few games in the, yeah. in the Premier League. And then I think we had like an international break or something happened and we went away somewhere. I don't even know if I went. I think I might have been away with the under-21s. And apparently he got stopped in Portugal. And that was it. No, no one saw him again. Because something wrong with his passport and that. So it was just... Yeah, that, that, that was it. It was mental. He, he, he went there wrong. He kind of sums the club up at that time. It was some of yeah. the things that happened, it's like... Signed a better. Yeah. Then there was like Mauricio Solis who signed just because he was one shop's best mate and and stuff like that from Costa Rica. You remember? Oh, you remember? Right. yeah, that must have been before me. Yeah, yeah just you see it before, but then the, all them kind of instances were like. Yeah, I think that must that... be agents. That agents who just get yeah. into the mandarins, recommend so and so well beaters, and then they turn up and they're nothing like. <laughs> but yeah, it's mad times. Yeah, it's um, it's funny you say that. I watched the Premier League years the other day when that um, I can't remember his name. Uh, he pretended to be George Weir's cousin who got a game for Southampton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great <laughs> just man, you wasn't he? Yeah, 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 just crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was shocking as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk, uh, talk about moves. Um, the move to Leeds and how did how did that come about? Um, obviously a massive move for you and, and Leeds were f- absolutely flying at the time, weren't they? Yeah, they were top of the Premier League at the time. Um, I mean, my last game we played Tottenham away and we got beat three one. And it was on Sky on the Monday night, I think. And I'm, I actually remember Dion Burton getting on the bus and saying, oh, have you heard the manager's interview? And everyone was like, no, he goes, you're saying we're going to have to sell someone. We need some, like, they need money. So um, it was like a day or two after that, my agent rang and said that, I th- no, I think Colin Todd said, oh, Leeds, Leeds uh, want to sign you. Um, I think there's a little bit in the papers and stuff. And I was like, right, he goes, so you can go and speak to him. And I said, right, does that mean I have to go and speak to him? He's like, well, you know, they've, they've made a bid, the club have accepted it. So that's that's what's happening. So I went, okay. And at the time, Leeds were flying. I knew a lot of the lads from in the 21s. Um, I knew they had a, obviously a good side and a young side, exciting side. And 
before I did, well, even after, so I went up and had a two-day medical there, to be fair, I had to, I had to uh, go for all sorts of stuff. That was before I did any of my injuries, really. And I'd, not, I'd signed and everything, I'd only met Bristol, I'd not even met O'Leary, signed, and then I went to uh, the European game during the week, and I went to watch that, and that was when I met O'Leary, but I'd already signed by then, so he didn't even speak to me, he didn't tell me what was going on, if I was even part of his plans, or, you know, if I was important, but anything. So I didn't even, just went into it a little bit blind, really. Um, so that was it then. Signing, it was, it was exciting moves for me. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was you know, leaves are flying. I was, I moved, they put me in a hotel for a couple of weeks and they moved me into a, an apartment right in the city centre, um, which is probably a bit of a mistake. And then pretty much straight away, started getting injured. I, think we, I played a few games. Um, I was sub, sub, sub first of all, first few games, we played like Man U and Chelsea early on. Um, and then I played started against Leicester and I got a dead leg just from just a clash of legs really and I was, just, I was like struggling with it and I ended up having a, I had a hematoma I had to get my uh, blood drained from my quad and I was out for a while with that and then the first game back we played Chelsea away and then I ruptured my thigh and I'd never really had like especially muscle injury before I'd never pulled anything so I done my thigh and then after that it was just snowballed I, I'd had I'd every injury going I'd obviously all the well-publicised knee injuries, but I think that the only time I've completed a pre-season was my last year that I was there when I left, when I come back to Derby. So every pre-season, I've, we were meant to be going to Australia and uh, I think Japan or China or something. Couldn't go. I'd done my Achilles like the, the day before we were meant to be going or two days before or something. Done, I plunged with my back, obviously my knees. It was just like, it was ridiculous, relentless. I just couldn't get a run of games going. So, Whenever I play, I didn't want to do interviews then because they asked me about the injury. I didn't want to talk about it because I just just keep breaking down all the time. So it was just it was ridiculous, really. The, the story, I think, when I read it, it sounds like bollocks. Uh, the story about the wages when you sat in the room with Peter Ridsdale and he's like the stunned silence. And is it is it bullshit? <laughs> it is bullshit. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wasn't even there for a start um, because my my agent rang me and told like he sorted out the deal for me. But like people think I was on about 10 quid a week at Derby. I'd, I'd just signed a new deal. Um, I'd already played for England with, like, by being at Derby. So I was, it was like, I was, I was on decent ways at Derby. And back then, they used to pay a lot high uh, appearance money and things like that. So my, my wage at Derby and sign off and things like that was, was not as much as Leeds. But, you know, I was on, I was on good dough. And then the contract Leeds, don't get me wrong, was, was a good contract, but it wasn't. What they're all saying in in the mm. press and stuff. It was it. What it did do though, it went up every year. So every year my wages would go up, regardless of where Leeds were. So the year they got relegated and I was, I'd done my cruciate, so I was injured. My wages went up for the season. They're in the uh, in the championship. Yeah. So I was like, basically, I was out for nine months. I'd, I think I had four operations on my knee in the end, but because of the contract that they sorted out. <laughs> My wages went up and they couldn't do anything about it. So they would, when they were in the championship, they were desperate to get rid of me, which I knew. But I, I wanted to I wanted to stay and do well for them. You know, it was, you know, no one wants to be a failure anywhere they go. And the amount of stick I had while I was there with the wages and obviously not playing. And, you know, I was there for four years and only played 59 games. So it was, you know, no one was more frustrated than me. But the, the like the, the nail in the coffin moves was stuff with Ken Bates when he slagged me off in the press and basically 
just lied really because he, he didn't even know I'd not even met him and he was just just slagging me off about the wages and all the rest of it so because I was actually going to pay the um, if I think if I played 60 games which I didn't know about this contract in the contract that's played Derby 250 grand for me to put after 60 games so they, they had me up the end of the this previous season when I got back fit they paid me a couple of games and then they didn't play me again and I didn't know why and then I found out because if I played one more game because I was going to pay I was going to pay the money myself so I could pay so I could just play sorry because I was that desperate to just get back fit and I've been so frustrated with injuries so I was willing to pay the money just to get back playing but when uh, Ken Bates slagged me off I was like that that's uh, so sorted out a deal for me to to uh, to move on Connect Red are a Midlands-based telecommunications company with branches in Cannock, Derby and Burton-on-Trent in partnership with Vodafone UK. Our shops are currently closed due to the pandemic, but we are here to help in any way we possibly can. Get in touch with us for any of your tech and communication needs, consumer or business, and we can tailor individual packages and cater for multi-bundle deals too. Visit us at connectred.co.uk. That's C-O-N-N-E-K-T-R-E-D and drop us a message. There's a lot that fans don't see because we had um, George Thorne on this podcast and he was uh, out, the, out of the team and out of the squad for two years at Derby and people thought he was just unfit or not breaking. But then he said the day he left, Mel Morris had told him that um, if he played one more game, they owed West Brom 15 grand every game he played and they couldn't afford yeah. it. But it's killed his career. 28, he's not playing now. Yeah, so there's a lot exactly. that people see that... Yeah. To be fair, yeah. I, can't, I can't argue, like, I can't have any complaints about how, how Leeds were with me as, at the club in terms of the staff. They were they were great with me, mm. especially the, all the, the physios and all that. You know, they, they were they were brilliant. The, the physio at Leeds went on to be the England physio and things like that. Now he's a personal physio for bloody... Daniel Craig and people like that. So he's he's obviously like he's uh like amazing. So they they were they were brilliant me at the club. It was just outside stuff with it. They had we had new owners taking over who didn't know what they were doing. Then Ken Bates come in and it was just it, it was just a bit toxic there for, for, for us. We had you know we had PFA coming in every every five minutes about you know deferring your wages and all all that kind of stuff and it was just a bit of a mess. People just leaving left, right, and centre, especially in the Premier League. When I think Rio was the first one to leave. Once he gone, everyone just Terry Venables come in and was like, "We're going for the league this year." We had all the players there, and then they just everyone just left. Like Robbie Fowler left Woodgate. Oh yeah, Harry Kuehl. Like I said, um, Rio. And that, you know they weren't. And then the Peter Reid come in, brought a load of new loan signings who were just. You know, not not good enough for really. it. It was just just one of them. It's inevitable. We we're going to get relegated. Yeah. Do, do you think that's what went wrong for Leeds to go from like when you signed top of the league and then it was a Champions League semi final in there and they were they were fine for years. Do you think that's what yeah. it was? Everyone going over it too many players on on massive money or like, yeah. I, I don't actually know. I don't know. Um, well, I do know we had a we had a hell of a squad there. You know, the, the amount of players like we had at least two unbelievable players for every position you know it was just like and up front we had like five forwards Robbie Fowler Michael Bridges Mark Viduka Alan Smith uh, Robbie Keane Harry Kuehl you know, we had, all these were there when I, well Robbie come just a bit after me but we were all there and they'll all have been on huge dough yeah but you know they're all top players so it's, but I think they're just chasing the dream but just didn't 
it just didn't materialise like that. We touched on it earlier, and it's something I, I meant to mention earlier, your, your England appearance, and I can remember it, and you must have thought you'd scored when you first touched, surely? Yeah, yeah, I did, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Well, it was just... That whole trip was just a bit surreal, really, because there'd been talk about... Because Peter Taylor took over for the for the uh, the one game, the Italy game, where he gave Beckham his captaincy and all that. So there was talk about him putting some young lads in the squad, which which he did. And unfortunately, I was one of the players in the squad and managed to come on for about 15 minutes, I think I played, so towards the end. Um, yeah, and first touch, the ball just come across and like the, the defender was just sleeping. So I just... I don't think I've ever run so fast. Got just nicked in front of him, and I could. That's all I could do is get a toe on it kind of thing. And and uh, Buffon just made like an unreal save, and it was just it was only about five yards out. And he's managed to tip it over the bar, so it's yeah, it's mental. Yeah, so it's, it was just one of them. It was just crazy afterwards, and I just remember being on the plane and all the lads were like, "Gee, man, you just scored that be first touch." Like even Beckham was like, "Fucking, hell, I can't believe that!" Like he saved that. I said, "I know." That was it. That was my career. Hey, me England career over. <laughs> any, any other goalkeeper in the world, you probably scored, hadn't you, at that time? Yeah. Well, I think, I don't even know if he was at Juventus then or if he was, I think, was he at Torino or something before then? I can't remember where he was. He was some, I can't remember where he was anyway. But but then he, he was, he was either, he might have been, when he did move, he was the world's most expensive goalkeeper. So it might have been then or it might have been a bit. But even that, when you watch, like, you know, he's still playing. And I, he's like similar age to me. And I've been packed in 14 years ago. And he's still like knocking around playing for Juventus and Paris Saint Germain and all that. Well, I can barely get off the sofa. <laughs> Is it surreal because you come across like a really down to earth lad, like just a normal bloke, and then you dropping in that? Oh, yeah, Beckham said on the plane that I should have scored. Do you sit there yeah. at the time and think this is fucking mental? Yeah, well, it, we, what you do with it, which especially when I was at crew, it was more you'd, you'd say you're playing away game in the under 21s of England. You'd fly to say Bulgaria, the under twenty ones would play on the Friday, and you'd go and watch the first team, like the full England squad, on the Saturday. Then you'd all fly back together on the plane, and depending on what you got on, the manager would let. Well, Peter would let them have a few drinks, so you'd be sat, you'd be going and having a few drinks. I remember being on the plane with Jamie Redknapp that around the time when, uh, the, when I moved to Derby and on Liverpool talk, and he was still at Liverpool, and just like boozing with me on the way home, and I'm like, what's going on? Here? Like, it's ridiculous. So that, that's what it's like with the with the. Thing, but that with the Beckham thing, I wasn't like sitting next to him or anything. I was just going down the plane, getting all the lads to sign my shirt, and I went to just sat in his own, and he said it, and then I went down the back and all the all the other players and that. So yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's, it was sort of pinch your, pinch yourself kind of stuff at the time, but you don't really, you know, it's more when you look back at it, you you think about stuff like that. Do you think you should have made more England appearances? Um, no, not particularly. I think I should have made more appearances as a whole you know just in f- football generally but so like I said it's you know there's two ways to look at to look at anything there. you know I'm, I, I feel fortunate that I've played for England I feel fortunate I've played professional football Every, you know I feel fortunate to play for Derby you know Leeds you know the Leeds I know Derby and Leeds hate each other but you know the atmosphere some of the Leeds you know when they're playing like Man U and teams like that there's a real yeah. hatred and the atmosphere was just like I never, I never got to play in a Forest Derby game. Because wow. when I was at Derby, when I was at Derby, I was in the Premier League. Forest were in the Championship or League One, whatever Division One. And then when I went back in the Championship, Forest were in the league, the league below again. So never, they're always in the league below whenever I was at Derby. So that was a, uh, that was unfortunate. <laughs> so I'd love to have played in a few of them games. 
does it take did it take its toll on you mentally because when we've had players on before that have been affected by injury and, and had um, careers that have been hampered by injury did it take its toll on you when you were at Leeds and you're getting stick and it's not there's nothing you can do it's nothing you're doing personally yeah. but did it take its toll on you mentally uh, not particularly I think no. it was a bit easier back in them days because you didn't have no social media or nothing so you wouldn't mm. have I wouldn't be getting hammered on not, I'm on not on any social media anyway I'm not on, on any of them I'm, I'm on WhatsApp that's about it um, but you know Twitter what, what is there Facebook uh, Instagram, Instagram yeah. none, none of that was around then so what, you know I didn't know what I could only see what people would read in the writing the papers with journalists and stuff or that 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 was pretty much it you know and obviously the the fans if you although the fans were always okay to me if I saw if I was out and about um but you just knew in yourself it's just it's just a, as a footballer that's the worst thing you can have to you know just being continuously injured you can't get back fit you can't you just keep breaking down it's just a nightmare it's like groundhog day every day you just you know they're like you're, you're not part of it you know the boys are being you, you'll get change in there with them, but then you go off into the physio room, they go off out to train, they come in from training, they go home, you'll st- you go and get changed, like get showered because you've been on the bike or in the pool and then you have to go and do an afternoon session and, you know, you, it's like nine to five every day of just the same stuff when all you want to be doing is outside playing football. Mm. So it's that, that side of it's, you know, tough because that's, even though you have to work hard and train, it's just not what you used to as a footballer. You used to, you want to play football. That's what you used to doing, playing football. So when you, when you can't do that, it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's frustrating. So but that's that's the uh, you know part of the game. So it is. Coming back to Derby, then was was there any anyone else that come in for you? Was it did you want to come back to Derby because it's Derby, or, or how did that come about? Yeah, it was. It was. There was a. I was at I was at Leeds and I knew they weren't going to play me and we we played away it was pre-season we played away at Celtic and uh, Kevin Blackwell was a man who like didn't you know I didn't really respect him the lads the lads didn't like him I've spoken to a lot of people who've played under him and didn't like it the way he was around he was very arrogant the way he spoke to people the way he treated them was just like he made me go and train with like the kids and all that previously and then we played Celtic. And I was sub, and he, he brought everyone on as sub, but he didn't bring me on. So I was like, pre-season where you give everyone a game and stuff. So I just knew then. So I just uh, while he while he was doing his team talk, then I just went and I was just off in the shower when it got changed while he was still talking and that. So I knew that was it. And then, and then I told him, I said to my agent, I said, I, I just need to get out of here, kind of thing. It's, but then he said, Oh, um, Burnley want you want to go and want you speak to him. And uh, I was, I'd no, I'd no intention of going to Burnley QFX. They're not in the Premier League for now. And I just didn't even. Steve Cottrell was a manager. And I said, okay. And then I went and spoke to him. But but then they then Phil Brown came in for me. Um, and they said, oh, they went go and watch the game. They're playing away at Preston. It's on telly. And then I went and watched the game. And I think Sky showed me on the thingy. And then that Steve Cottrell went mad at my agent and went mad about me. And I was like, well. And I said to my agent, I said, I didn't want to go and speak to him in the first place. It was you who said about going and speaking to him. So I went down to down to Derby, spoke to Phil, and yeah, I, I, I liked him straight away. He was he was great. Um, I think I played, he said he, I played against him in uh, Lucas Radaby's testimonial. And then 
like a few, like it must have been pre-season or it might have been the end of last season or something. And then he, he said like, he thought about me when he got the derby job and stuff. So I went down there, didn't, didn't do a medical or anything because I had just failed it. So Dave Galli, the physio, just sort of like moved a few of my limbs around. was like, yeah. <laughs> and then Murdo McLeod was like, oh, you need to get fit. You need to, and I said, I said, I don't think, I said, this is as fit as I've been for about four years. I've just completed the pre-season, which I'd never done in like four years previous at Leeds. So I said, I need to play some games. That's what we get. I need to get match fit. And Phil was great. You know, we, he had a tough time of it, really, in terms of we didn't get much support like Billy did the following year. You know, he got he got a lot of play, promising players, to be fair, on loan, but it just didn't happen for him. You know, like Johnny Jackson, who was a good player, he'd come on loan. You know, Danny Graham, he couldn't, you know, he was, he went, he'd gone on top of didn't score, did he? Nah, didn't score. Like he was just the most unluckiest player ever when he when mm. he come to Derby, and he worked his nuts off. You could see he's a you know promising young player. Andrew Davis as well. We got him on loan from Middlesbrough. He didn't, he didn't do too bad. Um, so yeah, he struggled a bit, Phil. And then he yeah, obviously ended up getting getting bombed out, and then Billy come in the, the next season. We've had Phil on, and he impressed me because I didn't think I didn't think I was going to like him, but not yeah. because I, I just. Like, just a personal thing. I just thought, I don't know, but he, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. But he did have a difficult time and he told us a story about Murdo McKay, like signing players, walking him past his office, signing him and then they're walking back out and he didn't know anything. And right. It was a difficult, difficult time for him. But yeah. for you, you you left at a difficult time, went and had your time at Leeds and came back to a difficult time yeah. again under a different... Yeah, it was. It was actually. Um, but mainly because we didn't get get the results you know we, mm. we, we struggled that season but I really liked Philly I thought he was a good coach mm. you know he, he was he was good with the players because he'd been a player himself so he, he knew how to treat the players he, he was brilliant with me he really looked after me because he knew I had bad knees and stuff so he'd give me you know certain times off when I needed to rest my knees and things like that um, so I, I really liked him I, I thought he was great but um, I think he had a few problems with other I think I think he had, did he fall out of Pesh? I think he might have fell out of one or two of the. Uh, was it Pe- uh, Jeff Kenner? Jeff as well, Kenner. Yeah, Jeff yeah. and Pesh, I think. Yeah, so that, you know, that didn't make for the best atmosphere around. But for me personally, he, he, he was he was really good. He was, uh, yeah, I liked him. I, I thought he I thought he was unlucky at Derby, actually. Yeah. Well, if you look at what he went on to do with Holland and everything, he obviously yeah. had something about him that if he'd have had maybe what Billy had, he probably could have done it at Derby. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Well, Billy had the he had the, the backing, didn't he? Mm. Um, what was um, I've been trying to get Billy Davis on for about eighteen months. It's um, it's taken over my life. He texts me occasionally. Yeah. I think he listens to it, so I won't say too much. But does he? I, I I'll care for so. what I say then. <laughs> well, I was going to say to you, I don't want to offend you, but you strike me as a, a Billy Davis player, someone that would react well to Billy Davis. Is that right? Yeah, I thought so. He was he was the thing is with Billy, which you know, it's not a criticism. He he had the money to, he wanted his own team. So he wanted all his own players. Mm. So he tried to, you know, he tried to ship me off a few times. There was something that was, that was wrong that he, he accused me of speaking to Paul Simpson at Preston, which I never did. I did I'd not even met Paul Simpson at that point. I know obviously he played for Derby and all the rest of it, and I've met him mm. since, but never once spoke to him. So that was false. And I, and I tried to get it out of him where he got it from, but he had a problem with me from then. That was early on in the season because when we were playing pre-season, he was going, don't worry, we're going to get players in, we're going to do this, do that. And he was saying that to me personally. Um, and I think he tried to shift more on. More, I was very close to signing for Coventry, I think. Um, 
Michael Johnson as well, who was a club captain. Matt Oakley coming on his first day, he said in front of everyone that Matt Oakley's going to be the club captain mm. without him speaking to John and just things like that. He just, he just wanted his own his own players in, which, you know, he did, but he ended up keeping a few a few that were already there, like me, Pesh, Moro, uh, John O, uh, Mark Edworthy. So, and, you know, the good lads, you know, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to cause a fuss for him. So they, they were good pros for around the place. But, you know, he brought in some some uh, some good players. And, and I like Billy. He was good. Very good on the training ground. Good standards, you know, same with the standards, you know, he wanted people to train properly and um, very, very disciplined in how we, we played as a team and formation and things like that. But, yeah, he was good. I, I liked him, but he had problems with me. I don't know why, but, you know, a few things that that he, he sort of accused me of, which which weren't quite right. But um, And then he, he said to me, once he pulled me and just said, you know, you can go. And I had a, I had a whatever left on my contract, that year left on my contract. I said, I don't want to go. I said, I, I said, I think I should be playing. And he went, well, okay. Oh, well, you can, like, you know, stay and fight for your place. Because Bob Malcolm was playing in front of me at the time. And I, and I, you know, I thought I should be playing. But I ended up, I ended up playing a lot of the games that season. And then he left me out a bit towards the end. Um, we played away at Crystal Palace and he, I wasn't even subbing. He made me warm up with the team before to, before the game, which was bizarre. I've never done that before. And then he's bought, and I, like, I sort of had the ump and I couldn't understand. And he went, you, you get your head right, he said, because you'll be playing against like Leeds next week, I think it's our last game. And then he said before the game, so he made a few changes because we we lost badly at Palace or we didn't we play really poorly, I think. Yeah. And he said, you know, the lads who play well today will, will be playing in the playoffs because we were already in playoffs. We couldn't go up automatically. It was the last game. And he was true to his word. He, he named me captain for that game, strangely. And then, um, yeah, played okay in the game. We won the game and he, he played He played, uh, He played. me for the next three games. So When Pesh came on, he told a story about how he, he told him to go down in training with a pretend hamstring injury. Before Wembley, and like, uh, and he was yeah. like, well, he wasn't allowed to tell, he wasn't allowed to tell anybody, not even his roommate. It was we had Stephen Bywater on afterwards, who didn't even know about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. do you think the the you warming up at Palace is just oh they're not are they starting Seth Johnson? Is it like a yeah. little ploy? God knows. I, I don't know what I don't know what the reason was behind it because if you're out to warm up, the team the team sheet's already been handed in. So whether he was thinking about, I, I, I honestly don't know. I've I've never known it oh, before true, yeah. myself. So it was. Uh, it was a strange one, but he was always very uh, like paranoid and just always worried about the outside and what they're, they're. He was always like, when we if we go up, you can get all the newspaper cuttings who doubted you and all this stick them up on your wall. And he was just like, and then before the playoffs, we went away to uh, where did we go now? We went and stayed at some health farm. Ch- somewhere. Yeah, Champ- oh, was it Champions? Yeah, Champions Springs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went and stayed there for like about five or six days or something, and just. Just like away from everything, so wasn't that but, because wasn't there a, a plane or a helicopter come across the, the training ground and he went they're watching us? Yeah, I can't remember that, but yeah, that's what he was like about stuff. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, so they went away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, it was, yeah, yeah. So we, we uh, yeah, drove us all mad being away for for that long, but you know we were just work, working on winning that well, that game, which we did. So it was uh, yeah, justified, I suppose. Do you think he deliberately creates the us versus them? It's like 
it's like Billy Davis against the world, isn't it? It's like either with yeah. him or without him. And it's like us against yeah. everyone, the press, the, everyone. If you're not with yeah, us, yeah. we'll take the world on. Yeah, I think so. That's that's, and that's a, a good a good way to be. And yeah, yeah, all the all the players were on side with it. You know, they were. You know, the amount of games that we ground out that season, Jesus, but you know, the so many games where we just you know just just grinded out results and um, you know. Games where we probably didn't deserve to win, even even the playoffs, really. You know, the final, especially forward-wise, they were they had a lot better players than us. Um, or they were, you know, the, even the Southampton, the players they had. If you look back at the players they had, you know, Bale missed the second leg, but you know, Bale and all the uh, I mean, Kenwin Jones people. Was Kenwin Jones there? Yeah, Andrew uh, Sermon. Sermon, the other centre yeah. forward. Uh, Oh, I can't think of his name now, but he was he went on to play for Newcastle and things like that. And um they, they had a they had a really good team anyway. Bernabe, no, they had a yeah, they had a lot of midfield. Yeah, that they, they, yeah. they had a strong side. Um and the playoffs as well, you know, with uh, the final with you know Kevin Phillips, Jason Kumas, who was like one of the best players in the league at that point. Mm. Kamara, Gira. Yeah, they, they had a yeah, they had a strong team. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember the talk about grinding it out. The first leg at Southampton when they went one when Derby went one yeah. down, and then early then on, Stevie scores a penalty and everything. But it's that was a bit of a, we we left that day thinking, oh, we've, we've yeah. kind of well, I left thinking we've kind of nicked something there. Yeah, yeah, that was a massive result that was, and especially we're, even in the second leg when we went one nil up early on, Morris mm-hmm. scored, didn't he? So we thought, but yeah, we're well on our way. But they, you know, they managed to to claw it back. It went to pens, but yeah, the. There was a lot of games like that where we sort of had to weather the storm and end up nicking results. It happened a lot that season. Did you know you were starting at Wembley beforehand? No. Well, on the, only on the day. Yeah. Um, obviously, I played. What, what Billy used to just bring me off every game whenever I played, and I, I never knew, never knew. Even like Southampton away, you know, we're trying to cling on, and I'm like the defensive midfield, and he still took me off. Uh, Second leg, he took me off as well, and then we conceded late on to go to extra time and penalties. Mm. Um, and then obviously Wembley, I come off injured, but um, yeah, he used to sub me off, uh, sub me off quite a bit. But it's um, yeah, it was it was yeah, it makes me laugh thinking about Billy and the way he was with the players and stuff. But, I've heard some of the stories that I, I can't repeat because I'll, I'll probably get sued, but. <laughs> what people tell me, what people tell me over WhatsApp, not on the podcast. Some of it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, was. At what point in that final does your knee go? Yeah, late on. Yeah. So, like I said, he, he, he named the team. Well, I, I had a feeling I played in the, in the uh the first Southampton leg, and then mm. I'd done all right, and I thought, yeah, I thought he picked me for the second one. And then Ned Kelly, who who uh, he wasn't actually involved. He sort of was involved, but he was on guarding leave or something. I can't remember what. He wasn't... I think Billy wanted him his, his number two, but he couldn't have under That's some right, contract. Yeah. Or whatever. He spoke to me at, when we was at Champley Springs and said about, you know, how, how important I, my role was in the two games. So I had an idea that, you know, he must have spoke to the manager, so I was going to play. But he named the team at the hotel just as we were leaving for the for the ground, basically. So probably about whatever time, a couple of hours before kickoff. Um. So yeah, I just remember it was a crap day and it was cold and just freezing. end of May freezing. Yeah, freezing pitch was crap. It was a new Wembley, wasn't it? Only yeah. been on the week before. It was late on. Yeah, probably 
must have been a couple of minutes to go. My, my knee's just gone. No one's near me. And I'm just my knee's gone. So it's just like I was just trying to get. I was up on my feet and I'm trying to get attention from saying my knee's fucked. Basically, you need to get someone on because we were winning the game. So I need to get off and get. And he's he's like, ah, like get down. Wanted me to go down and waste a bit of time, basically. So I've gone down and then Kamara's come over to me and started giving it loads. And I'm like, you thought I was just feigning an injury, but. And I end up going off, getting subbed off. There's only a couple of minutes to go, but that was it. Yeah, that was my last, my last ever time in footy. Did you Did you know that was it at the time? Just did you think that's probably me? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit in terms of no one near me. I'm just jogging. I wasn't like even sprinting or even changing direction. And then my knees just like gone. I didn't when I done my cruise ship when I was at Leeds. I heard it pop. It was like a gun going off. I heard my cruise ship snap. Wow. Um, and that was just from changing direction, but. When my knee went, it was just like I couldn't put any pressure on it. And then that night, I had to go. I had to go to bed early that night. All the lads were up. I was in like loads of pain. I had to go to bed. And uh, it was the next day. It was just like like it just ballooned. And I went and had a, like uh, had surgery on it and all that a week or two after. And it was just a, it was just a surgeon really. It was just like if I were you, I wouldn't keep playing. I'd knock it on the head because this is just going to keep happening and, you know, and that's it. And I was, I've said the story before, but I was out of contract at Derby, so it wasn't like, you know, I still had a year left and could have got fit. Even though the, the physio, to be fair, did say to me, if you want to stay here and get fit, you know, we'll get you fit and get you moved on. But I was sort of doing my rehab at home and going for jogs. I'd get in my car, like I'd go down, there was like this uh, field and like this rail track that I used to go on, going for just short jogs, get in my car, drive home and I could, I could barely walk. Mm. And I'm just like, I'm like, Jesus, for the sake of having to go to another club, injured. And because Phil David, Phil David, Phil Brown wanted me to sign for, he wanted me at uh, Hull. He'd come to Hull by then. And he said, come to Hull and blah, blah. And I was like, I just, I don't want to go injured. I feel like a right knob, you know, turn up injured. Not sure if I've been able to play. And then, you know, for breakdown in training and all the rest of it, it's just just be like an embarrassment. So, you know, I was obviously flattered that he still he still wanted me to go and play for him. But I just I just thought for the sake of another year or however long I'd left, even if I could have got back fit, it wasn't the worth, you know, I mean maybe end up being even even worse than what it was. So, you know, I was I was I was quite comfortable with with, with packing it in. Um sort of been coming not been coming but I sort of knew I wouldn't be able to play till I'm like 35 with the state of what my knees are in so it was earlier than I expected but it still it still was sort of on my mind just coming up to an hour now but I've got just just two more uh, what was your career highlight? Uh, there's a few really I, you know playing at Wembley the old Wembley with crew when I was just turned 18 even though I didn't play I'd come on for Danny Murphy for five or ten minutes and we won that game so that was obviously massive for you know being a, a young lad uh, England debuts under 21 full squad and obviously the Derby game at the new Wembley and winning as well it's just you know like I said before with you know you can look back with regrets and should have done more but still still proud of what I've what I've done and achieved and you know to I've met some you know great people along the way and you know, playing with good managers and good clubs. So, yeah, I know I feel fortunate. Have you got any regrets? 
just just the injury stuff, really. Mm. Just you know, just regret just the amount of injuries I got and not being able to to play as much as I as I as I could and should have. And obviously, there's a few you know off the pitch. I suppose you can look after yourself a bit better. You can always look back and you know not had as many nights out as what what I did and things like that. But you know, live and learn. Well, I haven't learned actually, but that was uh, when I was young, I suppose. Brilliant! It's been absolutely amazing. We've we've just done an hour, so uh, you'll have to come back on later on because we've done a couple of part twos where people just ask their questions. So if you're up for coming on in a few yeah. months or something, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, no problem, mate. Yeah, anytime. Uh, we do a thing called Pass the Mic that Lee Carsley actually introduced. It was his idea. I want to make Lee Carsley a radio producer because I think it's brilliant. But like yeah. at the end, we get someone that you think who played for Dob that you think was like it'd be good crack to come on, and you could recommend someone or maybe get us in touch with someone. Trebo West, get hold of him. Oh my God! No chance. <laughs> We're like, uh, yes, to I'm trying to think the first time and second time. Second time, you said you've had Bywater and all that. You've I've had, had Steve Bywater, yeah. Yeah, well, he's he's probably he's as crackers, big a nutter. Yeah, he's the biggest nutter as I've met. Um, thinking of the first, like, you had Daryl Powell on. No, no, Daryl Powell. He's, he's, That'd he's be brilliant. Yeah, Daryl Powell. He speaks yeah. well, Powell. Uh, who else is there? Stevie Howard, didn't he? Is he your business partner with Steve you? Howard, yeah, right, yeah. He just he. Billy Davis would love him being on. He'll just talk about Billy all, all the way through. He's, he's, yeah, he's, let's do that because if I get him, I'll get dad. Billy. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's dad. They, they might his dad. <laughs> his dad. They'll do it together. Yeah, loves him. He still uh, he still mentions Billy to me every every time I speak to him. Oh, Billy, Davis. Billy Davis, best manager, Billy Davis. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I'm gonna clip. I'm gonna clip that little bit and send it Billy. <laughs> yeah, anyway, absolutely loves it. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Stevie, I'm trying to think. Who else would be? Uh, yeah, Pally. I think you, you played with. We had, uh, we had Milk and Christian recently. That was good. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, Rory? Stevie Elliott? I've not done a Stevie Elliott, but Stevie Elliott's from the same area Dob as I am. And, like, he's got mates that I know and he's, like, I can't get hold of him. And he's oh, really? about two miles up the road. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, to be fair, I haven't got anyone's. I've only got Stevie's and about two other players' numbers as well. I haven't got anyone's numbers. But, yeah, there's I'd, Steve would be good. Rory would be good. Yeah, Roy would be good, would he, if he'd be allowed to do it. He's assistant manager now, wouldn't he? At Stoke. Yeah, he'd be all right, wouldn't he? be all right, yeah. isn't it? Sound. You can just top him up for him, Yeah, I ain't got his number. I ain't got no one's <laughs> number. Stevie Howe's about the only one I've got. Right, well, no has, pressure. No pressure, but we... I'll knock him out with. No pressure, but we want Stevie Howard on then. Right, I'll give him a shout in a minute then. I'll pass it on so he's ready. Nice one, mate. I appreciate you. Stop. I really appreciate your time. I've kept you yeah, long no enough. And it's been amazing. Thanks so much. Cheers, pal. Thank you. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.